Welcome back to another episode, Trapidemic number 17. Um, and I get to give you part two of uh, Marcus's podcast, the previous podcast. If you've not heard um, the previous one, episode 16, check that out. But uh, as I mentioned before, Marcus is a teacher, writer, activist, founder of the Black Excellence Chronicles, written a whole bunch of things on, on race and the US political climate. Um, at topic T-O-P-P-I-C underscore on Twitter and you can get there from there you can get all of his stuff but um, yeah it was really cool uh, talking to him we ended up talking for three whatever hours and uh, ran out of disk space in between so we had a break and came right back to it and uh, even when we ended the conversation we could have been talking forever so um Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I've already heard a bit of buzz from the first podcast, which is cool. Um, yeah, and at some point, uh, I'll be going over over the pond and uh, finding some really cool people to talk to. I'm I'm getting more consistent with this. I, again, I apologize for uh, not doing it. I, the episodes where I'm consistent. Uh, when the the listeners really grow and it is growing and uh, thank you all for do for that and uh yeah so episode 17 trapidemic podcast me alex wilson get on get on me on twitter for suggestions for uh future guests that you want to hear don't say like brad pitt or someone that i just can't get but cool i hope you enjoy the conversation with marcus donaldson enjoy I don't know either, but when I uh, when I announce it, we'll do the we'll just have a break. So I'll just say why. It's not a problem. But we're back. It's on. What were we talking about? Um, I don't remember. To be honest. Something. Something. I can't actually remember what we were on about. Oh, man, I, don't, I don't remember, to be honest. I know we were talking something about free speech. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you wanted to not make a cake for people, you could not make a cake. Yeah, and money, like power with your money, where you spend your money. That's your yeah, money. yeah, vote with your money, that's what we were talking um, about, yeah. Yeah, vote with your money. And that goes for race things as well, right? Voting with your money. Oh, definitely. You know, if you know this company's racist. Yeah. Let's just say AT&T was racist. Yeah, I wouldn't probably put my phone bill with them. Then you, but yeah. It's like, um... What Sorry, is the, AT&T. What is, <laughs> um, what is the, uh, the, uh, it's like a beauty, I forgot what it was. It's uh, it's here and they had like a campaign It said like, white is purity. Dove. Yeah, or yeah, one of them, whatever, Dove, uh, the other one as well was guilty of it. Or like uh, H&M saying, look at this cute little monkey, you know, with the little black, like, yeah, like yeah. he's as cute as a monkey it's just like yeah probably not the best idea but it's true like you know the whole white is right thing um i found a t-shirt in asda which i put i post i threw it up and posted it on facebook just to ask the question i said is it was before the podcast i'm sure if i if i found it now and put it up with the podcast it would get a lot more traction but i just put it up on my personal facebook which is pretty locked down anyway 
like, is this okay? Because I was a little bit confused. But it was a t-shirt for children. And it was a, a basketball player just dribbling, just driving through the lane. But it was a gorilla. So that's why I was like, is this okay? What, I'm not sure this is okay. I don't think this is... Well, I just think, like, you probably could have had... Or whoever created that shirt, not you, obviously, could have probably chose a different animal. To yeah, to you should have... Maybe a lizard or something. You could have thought, maybe not, you there know? There are definitely other things you could have put there. Right. Um, it's the same with that H&M T-shirt. Now, maybe it, it's not a racist... Mis- maybe it is a mistake. Maybe it was a thing, but... You should have noticed. Well, it just, you should have been more for, sensitive. For instance, uh, and to be fair, like the, the kids' parents said they knew what they were doing. Like yeah. they, they did agree for the kid to wear that and to yeah. be shot in it. But behind that... The company should have been a bit more sensitive. It's just like, I guarantee if you could look at the, the team who put forth the idea, there probably wasn't a single black person on that team. Like yeah, because you'd probably, think someone would have noticed. Probably no diversity whatsoever. Because often, obviously, apes... Um, gorillas, monkeys has been attributed to being black like black people are monkeys there. Yeah. Um, that, so it's just like you probably could have thought of something better to, to put on there uh, than a monkey which again again, like that's just you see different cases like white is purity like mm. had you had some people of colour predominantly or like not predominantly but if, if uh, you had some black people especially on your team I doubt that would have happened but it just screams of like diversity in a workplace, especially across those like those ethnic and racial lines, is that you need it. Like yeah, in, in order to be sensitive. It, it's sensitive and to not just cater to one side of, you know, one demographic. Yeah. Um, if that's your goal, then okay. Um, but I think in this day and age, it's probably best, and it is best overall anyway, just to have those diversity like have diversity in your boardroom have diversity in your workplace and then you won't have to worry about oh well, we didn't mean to offend anyone or we have to retract this product or we have to change this advertisement like if you just thought about it beforehand yeah you wouldn't have to worry about it but it's a matter of thinking yeah I don't know if that drilling's going to come through it probably will True. but it doesn't it matter oh well um, the mic's a condenser so it might I don't know, I guess I'll see when it when I listen, I'll try yeah. and isolate it. And like also like, that's the thing as well, is like speaking about these like campaigns, like these like you know, racial like racial it offends people, uh, is it racist, is it just ignorant? But it just it goes back to like thinking about how um, in, in my article that we we mentioned about why I speak on racism and you know, John Matter in his he writes a good article called I Racist and he talks about like racism is not slavery. It's not President Obama saying the N word. You know, it's not having different coloured water fountains. It is a, a cop shooting an unarmed black person, and it is a young boy getting killed for for having a toy gun in an open carry state. Like, but it's even more subtle than that. And he goes on to say, racism is the fact that white means normal, and anything else is different. Racism is our acceptance of an all-white Lord of the Rings cast because of historical accuracy, ignoring the fact that this is a world with an entirely fictionalised history. Yeah, there's a green character. Yeah, you know, you've got orcs. Yeah. Um, when's the last time you've seen an orc walk around society? <laughs> I've never seen one. And, you know, it, and, like, those things do happen, and then, it, it, you know, it talks, it moves on to, my uncle moves on to um, racism and white supremacy and how you cannot... You know, you can't talk about American history, as you said during our break, without mentioning white supremacy. It's built into the foundation 
um, of it. And one of the biggest mistakes is that people, when they talk about it, they think it's just like personal prejudices. It's not. It's a system. Like you have to think about it. It's a system. And uh, Elizabeth Martinez talks about it and says it's a system and a, a web of interlocking, reinforcing institutions which spans across political, economic, social, cultural, legal, military, educational, every single institution it is ingrained into every single institution because it's ingrained into the very fabric, the DNA of America. And by not understanding that it is systemic, it's just going to continue. Yeah. And that's the thing, like if you look at the people who uphold it to, or you look at the people who it oppresses and say, hey, you're black, maybe you should stop being offended by it. Or maybe you should just ignore it. Or maybe what we should do is look at the people who uphold those systems and they have the real power to take it down. And that's what I always think about like when we talk about these issues. It's like, you know, race plays a huge role, but white supremacy is the most deadly thing to a black person like in America, in Great Britain, uh, around the world. Because they have the real power to influence uh, my life. And yeah, to a degree, I cannot let it happen. You know, if someone says something to me or yells something at me or slur. Yeah. But, you know, calling me the N-word is not really, that's not really a power dynamic. A power dynamic is looking at my job application and seeing that I identify as black or African-American and saying, I'm not going to give them this job. Yeah. Because you know, you've got the power to really influence my life in that, in that sense. You know what I mean? Like, if that... Yeah, that's the difference, I guess, isn't it? And that's the thing as well, it's just like, like I mentioned at the start, it's like over and covert, you know, white supremacy, and like over is usually like socially unacceptable. Like you can't, you're not meant to. And you yeah, the viral videos we exactly, see, Exactly, right? yeah. You can't lynch people in the streets. Yeah. You shouldn't be burning crosses. Uh, but then we've got things that like covert, which are like socially acceptable, uh, you know, like uh, not believing people's stories about racism or um, Eurocentric beauty standards. Well, that's pretty, like with the whitest purity thing, that's yeah. pretty um, normal, again, but it's, and the, the biggest one, we mentioned Christiani, painting Jesus as a white man. Yeah, which is right. Most historians agree that Jesus was real. Whether you believe it, that he is the son of God and whether you believe the Christian standpoint, for this right now, it doesn't matter because if he was real... He's from Judea, so he's brown. In the Middle East, he's probably... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's a brown guy. But painting him as a white guy, it helps, you know, with the whole slavery thing. I'm whipping you with one hand and I'm giving you a Bible with the other. Well, God said you're beneath us. No, no such thing. But you paint God in your own image, in a white image, and it gives you the power to abuse other people. But at the end of the day, like you said, like he's not this white guy with a six-pack no. no. and, you know, blonde hair... Um, six foot rock abs yeah like no if, way. If anything, they'd have been like five foot two if, uh, <laughs> and just regular skin and if you think yeah. about it like um he's got more and more in common with uh people of color in 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 racial class systems and racial states than a white person i mean murdered for something that he didn't do innocent and guilt uh, unfair trials beaten mm. you know like state-sanctioned murder and violence so it's like it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting but that's the thing with white supremacy is it's so deep and it's so like expansive and tiring to think about speak about write yeah. about but that's it like it's, you can't speak about these systems at place that we you know mentioned in our break or mentioned earlier without mentioning it I think we have to be careful not to generalise 
but and we talked about the media and, and how powerful obviously the United States is definitely but it's difficult then for people not to generalize the issues that are in the states and generalize that everywhere if you know what I mean um, so what I'm talking about here is if you talk about mass murder and genocide mm-hmm. to the world the Eastern Europeans all look the same yeah yeah but to them being from one side of Eastern Europe got you was genocide they had a genocide not very long ago yeah you know being from one side and then you have the Czech Republic come and then that all disbands and then you get all of that but to the rest of the world to, to the Americans they're white people yeah yeah exactly and, and f- a peop- Italians first coming over to the States they weren't white no they were Italians they were called guinea wops and they weren't considered white the Irish weren't considered white not at all and then they were able to transcend the difference between uh black people and white people in that sense is that black people aren't Caucasian. Yeah. Whereas an Irish person can sort of blend back exactly. into the... Exactly. It's like, like I said to you uh, about like the N-word and how like during Pascal whatever, I was this sort of thumb. That's the same thing for like those black people. Stand out. We, we mentioned at the start. That's kind of privilege, isn't it? Irish privilege is that you can pretend not to be Irish. Ex- exactly. I can't <laughs> pretend not to be black. Yeah. Um, like, what can I... What, I'm going to pass myself off as. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, yeah. I don't have that. So that's the thing as well. Like, and that is a classic, that is a quality example, actually, yeah. about like the Italians and the Irish coming over. And at first, yeah. And Jews. The Jews were not oh, white. Jews, and Jews no. are c- kind of still not white. Yeah. And people um, look at them and like, nope, no. Nope. But now, over time, they've been accepted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, black people are kind of left on this island, almost, of just like... I've heard someone, and th- this is... I didn't hear them personally. This is on on TV. They were racist, frankly. Uh, And their argument was, it was about white supremacy. And white supremacist groups have a big issue with the Jews. Yeah. Like a lot of them are Holocaust deniers as well. Yeah, but the thing, what they were mentioning is like, um, the Chinese were, were, were immigrants here and they became successful. The Irish were immigrants here and they became successful. And, um, the Jews were immigrants here and now they own the banking sector and most of Hollywood. Uh, and their argument was, this person was just flat out racist against black people. Their argument was that black people then must be inferior um, because they've not been able to make it work. And that was their genuine argument. That's pretty wild. The, and your reaction is exactly what the person, the other person in the debate's it's reaction was. It was just like, what? See, I probably wouldn't even entertain that thought. Yeah, it was like, what what? Before we started about? speaking, we were talking about this, like how yeah. um, in America people are confused with what the biggest race riots were. Watts, Ferguson, no, it's Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Tulsa race riots, um, where that was home to the Black Wall Street. And it's not a myth. You can read about it. You can Google it. It's the easiest way to start it. It's just Google it. Mm. And talks about how there was the black equivalent of Wall Street where wealth was being generated, black-owned banks, black-owned businesses, and the place was destroyed. When was this? Uh, I think it was, the, wasn't it, I think it was the early 20s, I'd like to say. I think so. I'd have to fact-check. Um, but So an emergence of financial sector... Uh, black-owned banks, businesses. Black-owned business banks, and, um, you know, we're seeing a little bit of that come back now, of, like, black-owned businesses and people wanting to buy black. Yeah. Which to people like, that's racist, that's racist. It's just silly that people would say that. Um, the reason why these things exist is because... 
because of the, racism. Yeah. Exactly. Like for instance, I couldn't have a, I couldn't swim in your swimming pool, so I created a coloured swimming pool. It or, would be racist or, or if racism didn't exist. Like if if exactly. it wasn't, it, it would be racist to only buy from black businesses if there wasn't an oppression. And that's the thing, and that's what I always say. Um, so back to like torture race riots. I encourage anyone and everyone who's listening to to Google it, yeah. because you'll be amazed at, at how that really affected. And it was almost like a, uh, an example was being made of, mm-hmm. you're still black. So we see it now, um, you know, we see biz- people, like I said, buying black and supporting yeah. black businesses. And um, a classic example of people using that, well, that's racist, is BET, Black Entertainment Television. The reason BET was created, and it's actually owned by white people now, but the reason, yeah, why, it cre- the reason why it was created <laughs> was because MTV wouldn't put black people on that. Right. Same with these black shows like Fresh Prince of Air. Well, why is everyone in there black? Or uh, My Wife and Kids. Or you know, there's numerous. I could list off numerous shows. Or, or uh, late night hosts. Who was saying? Who would say why is everyone in there black? Like white people would. White people. But there's loads of shows where everyone's white That's because the, the family's white. That's the thing, though. Exactly. Fresh Prince is a black family. Of course, they're all black. And they're not. There's the, white girls in there. The, there's the classic example. Teachers that are white. Classic example is Friends. How many black people do you see in there? Uh, probably, I do I not remember seeing any, no. a single one. And that's set in New York, right? New York. Yeah, right. that's makes sense. Yeah. I never have, but I've got friends who live there, and let me tell you, it's not all white. You could be from any country and be in New York. It's like but London. It's yeah. the thing, so like, they say this is racist, this shouldn't happen, they've got BET awards, they've got this and that. Well, the reason why they have this and that is because it was never afforded to them until someone said, we should create our own outlets, we should create this for ourselves, because if you don't do it for ourselves, no one else will. And there's, there's a recurring thing now, like I, I saw recently about Stormzy, the grime artist, put into uh, creating a scholarship for like, I think it's two black kids to go to Oxford. And on Twitter, I saw so many um, you know, Indian, so like Pakistani, uh, Indian, uh, a lot of Asian people were upset, like, why is he not doing this for Asian people? Why is he not doing this for white people? Why is he not doing this for white kids? Black people are the only ethnic group that I looked at to shoulder the burdens of everyone else. Is is there a scholarship that's open to Asian students? Yes, there's plenty. There's scholarships that's open to all students. Yes. They can and uh, for the longest time, scholarships are only afforded to white students. But isn't Stormzy's point that it's not necessarily for black students, isn't it? For poor black students. It's for poor black students. It's that's supposed thing. to be kids but, like but, from where but, he's from. But also the thing is as well, like if you want to provide scholarships for people who look like do you, what you want. go do it. <laughs> go do it. You know, like, go do it. If you want Amir Khan to go pay for your... Uh, yeah, ask him. Ask him. Tell him to do it. Because people often look after the communities that they come from yeah. first before they look after everyone else, which is not necessarily bad, but for the longest time, and the reason why people have to do it now is because it never existed. The option was never there before. Mm-hmm. So now they give back to their own community, which a lot of people do. But if you really come from a decently middle-class community and you already went to university and you didn't have to worry about loans and stuff, what are you complaining about? But that's the thing as well, like when people try and level the field, it's really upsetting to uh, like the status quo, that people are like, ah, they're advancing, they're making moves. And that's the thing I see the stories, like, congratulations, man, like, why would you not? And Oxford, they specifically want more black students in their school. Because yeah. for the longest time they've said, yeah, we're open to everyone, but you look at... It's all white. Exactly. So they're like, we're going to need to create something. And they found someone who's heavy within the black community to do it, and they did it. How is this a problem? 
Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that I always think about. It's just like, fair enough. If I could afford to do it, I would do it. Yeah. Um, I can't. I don't. <laughs> but it's just a matter of why. If I could afford to do it, I wouldn't put a race stipulation on it. Yeah. I would say. I think poor I think, kids. <laughs> I think it's well again. I think that with that, that's the example of that one. Is, so send two people from Wood End to Oxford. Yeah. Well, the example for that is that they wanted more black students. Yeah. So like, that's is doing what they want. There you that's, go. That's sound. Yeah. However, at the end of the day, like if you had that money and you wanted to give a scholarship, you give it to whoever you want. If I wanted to give a scholarship to people who only ever wear orange, I could do that if I wanted to. Exactly. But people, the thing is, people always complain. Like he's doing something good. He's yeah. using he's using his money. Um, is helping people out. But yeah. people are unhappy though. That's why you get comments. Yeah, definitely. On, I think, on I think a lot of people, uh, there's a good quote, I can't remember off the top of my head, it talks about a lot of people like hate because if they don't hate, they're going to have to like look at themselves and yeah. they're not happy with it. It's all external. Are. Exactly. So it's easy to like hate someone for doing something good and just like kind of like, downplay their achievements. And it doesn't even yeah. have to be a racial thing. Yeah. It's just like it's a side. And you're the, you're the, the side man. So then often they're mad that they're not doing anything. Probably. That's why people watch football or watch basketball and be like, nah, he's shit. Okay, he's a professional football player, he's not shit at all. I don't get that. Yeah. And that's really interesting, like but again, like how can you blame the guy for helping out his community? Isn't that what we want of society? Isn't that what we want of people? Because if he was on his community selling crack or selling weed, you'd be in there screaming saying he's not doing anything. And the second he helps someone, now you're still screaming. Yeah. Like, it's just perplexing to me. It really is baffling. Part of it, and that's the thing, I don't know whether it's a race thing, uh, a fact that he's transcended class almost instantly kind yeah. of thing. Well, it appears instant. He's been working for a very long time and working very, very hard. Exactly. But it appears instant. I think a lot of it as well what it is, is... Whether they're um, just unhappy. Exactly. And like what I saw on Twitter... And this is just based off like a couple of the tweets I saw, you know, thousands of replies. Most people were sound with it. But the people I did see who were upset, it wasn't black people who were upset. Like I said, a lot of them were Asian people and then obviously a lot of white people were upset about it. But it's just like, like you said, like he transcended class, which like we mentioned during the break, you can't mention race and not talk about class. Yeah. Um, and part of the power play of white supremacy is to keep people in lower classes. So, of course, you're going to have people who jump up. Including the white lower class. Exactly. Because the white lower class police the other races. Yeah. And you think about it, and you think about, like, for instance, uh, like you mentioned. With racism. LeBron James. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Just opened a school. Yeah, I promise. The I I promise promise school. school. Um, People are mad because, like, it's going to cost taxpayers $20 million. I'm like, yeah, that's how a public school works. Yeah. That's just public school. Like, LeBron James (laughs) paid the most amount of money he could before it would be classified as a charter school. He wanted to keep it public. But anyway, so to speak about LeBron James, phenomenal basketball player, phenomenal human, been in the spotlight for 15, 16 years now, never tripped up, no. never done anything. Even he's not immune to being victims of racial hatred no. and racial violence and uh, racial discrimination and how people speak to him on and off the basketball court. The whole shut up and dribble the thing. The whole shut up and dribble Which thing. Which is crazy classic. because... Because you... Oscar Robertson yeah. got that... In the 60s. Same thing. Uh, isn't Wilt it, isn't that what 50s. we want of society? Especially th- those people who are racist who think all black people do is sit there and mooch off the government or sit there and sell drugs. Like, you've got someone who's not doing that and you're still not happy. Yeah. And that's where it's like, 
there is an intersection between whether it's like a classist issue or a race issue. And I think they, they, they're all valid. Like, I think, though, it's also a jealousy issue. Oh, jealousy, of course. I think a lot of people um, hate because they are jealous. Like you said, oh, he's shit at football. Mate, he's in the Premier League. There's a lot of people that hate on Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And that guy does a, a lot of things, like in terms of college tuition and all that stuff, the same way LeBron James does. Bro, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you can hate Cristiano Ronaldo. The man bossed it in England, moved to Spain, bossed it there. It's about to go to Italy and stop it. You can't say the man is not a good footballer. He's great with, with the public. Little kids that come up to him, he's great with them. He like changes people's lives when he well, meets he, them. Did he get in trouble he buys with people's like, shoes. Tax evasion or whatever. Yeah, I think his taxes were just incorrect. But then they just make me pay the correct amount. Yeah, but who I think cares? he just paid the wrong I amount. Many more taxes would be. Yeah, it's, well, it's very difficult. If, when you got money coming in that quick, that fast, it's very difficult to so get the right amount. Angles as well. From loads of different things. So Nike, he's got his contracts, he's got all his advertisements. But anyway, point still stands yeah. though. Like he, again, it's the same thing. Jealousy issue, hatred issue. And it's just like, and that's what we like, spoke about during the break. It's like, just trying to, or before the break, sorry, like discourse. Like having people see something or read something to challenge those beliefs. And like, that's why I write, you know, that's, well, you started this. Yeah. Is just to hear people's voices. You started recording the conversations you had. Yeah. And I wrote down pretty much tweets and thoughts and conversations and private conversations that I had, and I wrote them and made them public. And I didn't write it to get money. I mm-hmm. didn't write it to blow up and be famous. Um, just wrote it because I felt this needs to be said. This is my angle. And if one person reads it and changes their mind, or it even makes them think about it, then sound. Like, yeah. I consider it a success, let alone if a hundred thousand people do it or you make money off it. Like, sure, like if that happened, cool. But the the goal is to just like educate people, offer a different opinion, or maybe even like the same opinion, but just you know help people learn, grow, and that's the beautiful thing about it, about being here, is just like just adding another voice to it. You know, sure, it may look like that, but just you know, what I mean? like bringing new things. Discourse. To the table. Discourse. It's a beautiful thing. The way to beat a bad idea is with a good idea. Exactly. And you have to talk about it. You have to explore ideas. The universities are supposed to be the marketplace of ideas. Correct. And in this country, largely, they still are. People will come and discuss ideas, and you'll say things that are unpopular. And you might sit in a lecture theatre, and the lecturer say something that offends you, but it's phrased as a question. You're perfectly fine to put your hand up and say, have you ever considered this, or what about this? What you don't do is protest with a megaphone and refuse to allow or, them to or, speak or, or, or walk in there with a gun and shoot people because you yeah. disagree with them and then trash the trash the campus do whatever all these you see a lot in America which you're seeing in the states at the moment you know the students are kind of running the school and I think well, what do you know about the world you've, you've moved from high school to college you've never lived in the world yet what do you and that's the thing as well like you know people laugh about the whole idea of like campuses are a safe space but they like they, they actually should be and that's not they just, should be that's, safe and that, from and that, violence. And that's not just a safe space for liberals. But they shouldn't be safe from ideas. And that's the thing. Like, it's, it's not just a safe space for liberals. Like, there are people who do not hold these viewpoints as you. Yeah. Um, it should know, be safe for them too. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. It, that's why I'm such like, a firm believer in um, sp- not speaking to people. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of the times there are people, like we mentioned earlier, that I probably wouldn't engage with. I've got no reason to, and I can just see from the, the get-go, like, we're not going to agree. But those people who are interested, like the lady I mentioned earlier, she had a fair question, or people who, like, hey, what about this? Or, 
that's that's what I'm trying to get to is to just make people think. There's a there's a right he's considered alt right guy Stephen Crowder right he does uh, he does a change my mind videos which are quite interesting uh-huh. where he just sits on a table. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Change yeah, yeah. my oh, mind I've seen it, I've and he'll say a point like uh, abortion is whatever abortion is this or whatever he says. Um, and then it'll say change my mind and then he'll have these debates with people. I've seen that. I've, I've seen like, there's a I've seen it be turned into a meme. But that's a yeah but that's an open way to have his discourse. Yeah. Um, exactly. But and even if I don't agree with the stuff Stephen Crowder says, he's super, super right. Yeah. But um, not like far right. He's not crazy. He's just like pretty. He's Republican. Yeah. He's yeah. conservative. Uh, he's a young conservative guy, so I might not agree with everything he says. But the way he goes about it, great. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Like that's there's a fine line, I think, between. Um, we need in, both in, sides. In, like in, endorsing someone's opinion. That shouldn't be heard. And yeah. listening to someone's opinion, who maybe you could actually like, it could be heard. You know, I, 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 that's kind of weird. On your I know what you mean, sense. though. But it's like, for instance, like uh, if I was uh, as a black guy, white people shouldn't exist. They should all die. That's not an opinion worth hearing. No. There's nothing good from hearing that opinion. Like you listening to me is probably just going to cause more problems. However. Like you said earlier, I don't have to listen to it either. No. But I can still, from a distance, I don't have to engage with Marcus Donaldson. I can just say, okay, that's his viewpoint, whatever. But me attacking him or being crazy about it, uh, I think would just make those things even crazier. Yeah. Um, to a degree. But there are some, again, some opinions that are literally shouldn't, they're not even opinions, they shouldn't be heard in society. There are certain things that are completely but the way wrong. that the, way, the way that, that you that beat you those it, that's right exactly the way that you conduct it yourself and how you get to those points yeah is important um, you know I think about like neo Nazis like the, we mentioned the Charlottesville yeah um, if I lived near Charlottesville I would have went there to counter protest most mm-hmm. definitely hundred percent and counter protests I like um, the idea of counter protests I would have done that hundred percent because I do not agree with what they stand for. Um, However, is for me personally, would I be up there going punches with them, like, trying to fight no. them? Probably not, because I'm no. not a violent person. However, I can see why people would react violently towards that. Yeah, I get it, but it it doesn't help. It actually makes it worse. Yeah, and if I, I if you were a far right extremist, extremist, um, or even if I just believed you were a far right extremist, uh, and you were calling for, you know whatever, the extermination of all Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. And you were there, you booked a room at, at, at a university to come and, and give this speech. Now, I can counter-protest with all of my friends and people that believe the same thing. And that means standing outside and saying, you shouldn't listen to this guy, this guy's an arse, he's saying these horrible things. That's fine. I can also debate you, or I can also hold my own talk and say, this is why Marcus is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is why it's bad. I can go on TV and say, this is why Marcus is wrong. I can uh, write books, I can go on podcasts, I can write articles. This is why the things he's saying are incorrect and they're wrong. And we shouldn't, we should stop listening to him. Exactly. And I, I, but I'm not going to say, don't let him speak. Yeah. See, or it's just again, like, it's not like, it's not. Because it gives I'm, you, I'm, if, if I stop you from speaking, Unfortunately, the way people work and the way their minds work, they all go, that means he's got something to say. Yeah, I get that, exactly. What are they, what are they but, hiding? But the thing you get, so, like, on the other side is that as well, like uh, Sean Spicer, who worked 
in the Trump administration, he had like a few talks at like Berkeley, and the students didn't want him there. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure they cancelled it. And people are like that's you know again like we mentioned again people don't have to hear it. No. Cancelling someone's talk is you know small whatever. But my thing is as well like I'm a huge proponent of non-violence. So I can see why people react violently to it. But for me it's just like non-violence. Yeah. For me like I am a disciple of Jesus and I'm a disciple of Martin Luther King. <laughs> like that's what I say to people. Like, I follow two men. I really don't only follow. I don't really follow Martin Luther King like that. But like he's a huge idol in my life. Yeah. I think he is like just how he how he can you know, think about it. He had every single reason to, to be violent. Like, yeah. Every single reason possible, and his whole thing was non-violence. And sure enough, the non-violence put him on the front page. They put him in the newspaper. Non-violence got him arrested, but it also highlighted the issues. If he was walking down the streets with guns, it also brought white people into exactly, his, his protest. That's what I'm saying. If he was walking down the streets, uh, you know, shooting off guns at people, well, he he died anyway. White, oh, it would white, have ended really yeah, quick. White supremacy killed him, mm. and white supremacy definitely would have killed him. Oh, it had would, he start walking? And it would have been immediate. Oh, wow! Because the police would have straight, just. I mean, it up. was already water cannons and dogs. Yeah. And straight up. So that's the thing. Like, I, I definitely agree. But however, I also agree that like, not every opinion, like I said, needs to be heard. And if you get cancelled somewhere or kicked off a show... If you're cancelled because the students don't want you there, that's very different than like a group of students that do want you there and then the, count- the, pro- the security threat by you know, the, the counter-protest is so much that they have to cancel it for security reasons. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. That I don't agree with. If it's if it's like you know Nigel Farage is going to come and speak here tomorrow and literally no tickets have been sold and everyone's like I'm not fucking seeing that guy, then you can cancel the show because that's yeah. just like cancelling any show. Yeah. He'd probably want to cancel it because he's going to get no money from no that. Money. But if 200 people want to see him speak and and they'll fill the lecture theatre, they should be allowed to do that. And you can you can come in and be quiet and listen to Nigel Farage if you like. You can raise points at the end when he asks for. If anyone has any questions, that's perfectly fine. Or you can counter-protest outside, be as loud as you like outside. But what you can't do is fuck up the speech. My question is, like, is there a line where that ends? Like, is there a line where you draw it in the sand? Like, do we allow someone to, like, if we were back in the 30s or whatever, 50s, 40s, do we allow Adolf Hitler to come in here and give a speech? Like, because we know what he's saying. We know that he wants to exterminate Jews. He was very open about it. He wrote a book about it. Do we allow that? Is there a fine line where we say, okay, this opinion should not be heard? But that comes down to the university won't want Adolf Hitler at their university. We'd hope so. We, well, hopefully. But that's what I'm saying. Like, is there a line where they say, like, okay, this is too extreme? And not just on the right, like left. Like, yeah, we, we mentioned this, both sides of the political spectrum. Um, is there a line that we but there are, There's people, and that's another thing. We use the word Nazi. So Adolf Hitler, Nazi, mm. right? Um the, the super, super far-right extremist Nazis, the neo-Nazis Nazis, um, the, the white supremacist Nazis, and they will tell you they're Nazis. Correct. They use it as a term of endearment they with, love it. They with each it. other. They embrace it. I mean, they tattoo the swastika. Yeah, I was going to say, right, I mean, yeah. you see the, the Aryan Brotherhood, the, yeah, the tattoos. And all kinds of tattoos. Yeah. They have the SS and symbols, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. The eagles and... What, it's 88, right? Because 8 is the 8th letter of the alphabet. Then, H, Heil Hitler is yeah. 8, yeah. Uh, and then there's a, like, uh, and also how they dress as well. Dress, I, yeah. I, sat, I sat right behind a neo-Nazi on a plane once. 
it was pretty horrific. He had like the uh, the black boots with like the ladder. Like, but it's kind of uh, like that's how you want your racists to be. Uh, so I'm, that you I'm you want them to be you want them to not exist. <laughs> but if you're gonna have racists, yeah. you want to be obvious. And that, yeah. <laughs> that guy's racist. See, like, that thing, so, like, it was weird because like I took a class once called American Gangsters, and we talked a lot about um, white supremacist groups because the professor was white and he worked with them. Before. Yeah. Um, and especially in like the biker setting, like a lot of motorcycle yeah, clubs, some, are, yeah. are, they're very distinct in what they want and who they want. Yeah, some of them, they're not racist groups in Um, that the thing that they're interested in is race. No, they don't have black people. But they don't want black people in it. And we had people come in like, um, I asked the question, I was like, would I be able to be in your motorcycle group? He's like, no. Some no, some yes. I'm like, why? He's like, well, it's it's for white people. Yeah, some of them, they are, aren't they? They're close. Right. Um, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't, I can't even ride a motorcycle. I just asked the question. But anyway, the point was, um, I knew what to look for when I saw this guy. Had all the markings, had the tattoos on his neck, and like you could see him. Had he had a short sleeve on, see it, see his boots he he's had wearing. He, he was obvious. He was openly racist. He was open, mm. uh, and I'm sure if I sat down to him and next to him and said, "Could you explain this to me?" He would do it. He probably would. He he's would. not ashamed. I don't think he would be violent towards me because it's in like it's on a plane. Like what can you, what can you really do? He might be non-violent. But he, he might, might just be, be a might, fucking racist. Might be non-violent. You know, not all. Um, you know, not, like you said, not all people who are, uh, you know, racist are going to be that open. Like, but he was open about it. It's not like I respect it. I think it was just kind of diabolical because I know what he believes. Um, but at the same point, I had nothing. I didn't go speak to him. I didn't go sit next to him. But you knew I, he was racist. I didn't stare it's at covert him. and exactly. over again, isn't it? Uh, but based on what he was wearing and, you know, the tattoos he had, it's pretty easy to see what he believed in. But I just didn't engage with it. Yeah. Uh, but it was pretty freaky, though. Because I was just like, wow, like, this yeah, is. Over I've never that. seen, never seen uh, someone like that in person, mm. like, ever. But like you said, yeah, over and covert, man. Like, it's it, really, like, when it's you see very, the, it's very obvious. You see the EDL protests in this country. Yep. Yep. Um, you see those interviews as well. You see the interviews. The, that, I mean, oh my gosh. They pick the dumbest people to talk to. Of course, but yeah. Because the media but, is trying to portray a certain yeah, image yeah. anyway, but. But at those rallies, it's not hard to find a dumb person no, as well. You know, it's one in three, <laughs> probably ah, thick as shit. But that is true. You know, it's those kind of protests and stuff are allowed, and they're openly racist, and fine. Be openly racist. You're wrong, but believe what you want to believe. Your beliefs are stupid. Everyone else thinks they're stupid. And you'll never come into any political power, hopefully, but do your thing, right? Like a good example of this... You're like never going to eliminate racism, we, so stop trying. We, we had a... Yeah. Um, we had a guest speaker. He was a sheriff in a small town in Colorado. He said the first... He was a black guy. Yeah. So the first sheriff in this police department in this town. On his first day on the job, a known white supremacist who lived in the city came and said, we want to have a white pride rally down, down Main uh. Street and... What do you think about that? And he said, okay, that's fine. That's the police's job. And the guy was just like, you really going to let us do it? He's like, yeah. Free speech. He's like, you can do it. And that's the thing. Like, and we, the it country. was a huge debate in our class. It was only like an hour, but it was a huge debate. And uh, this is before I was like pretty vocal. What so would you do? I, I just sat would there. you have allowed it? Well, the thing is, like, he, his point was, um, it is your First Amendment, right? You can gather peacefully. Um, you have the... The right to believe this 
he said to he said I don't believe you're right in what you're doing but it's my job you're allowed to say what you to, think to not infringe upon and protect your rights so he allowed it to happen I don't remember if it ever did happen or not I don't know if the guy was doing it was a test he was probably but, yeah just but what would I do uh, sheesh well first of all I'd never be a sheriff no well, that's <laughs> what I mean. uh, if I was in that position I mean that's that is your job isn't it like to do that however I would probably try and come to like a different sort of agreement like maybe not a huge parade like maybe you could have like something demonstration else. Yeah, something a else speech. like maybe because i want to be respectful as well for the people who aren't in white pride groups you know and it was like, it, again it was majority of the town wasn't like what well, they weren't racist but it was just a small few people who turn just, it into a, a race pride parade yeah. so there's the white pride like, float and I there's the black pride float there's the brown pride float chinese pride float there we go <laughs> I don't have a real answer for you as to what I would do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It wouldn't be an easy decision, definitely, because I'm like, like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's just, again, it's a slippery slope. Uh, in a perfect world, I'd be like, no, you're not doing it. Um, but, but then, but then that's I've, against free speech. Yeah, but then I've got a job to do as well. And if I signed up for that job, I have to carry that job out. Uh, unfortunately. The, the strange thing is, is you saying no to them doing their white pride parade now context removed but it's the same thing as if the, the tyrannical government was in power saying no to black people marching yeah. for civil rights and the other thing is well like i think about you have to allow them to do i, that. I think about it as like um he he mentioned it is he said like if he said i don't remember honestly i wish i could remember if he did it if they actually did it mm. but he said one of the points that he said yes to because a few of the black guys in the class were like super upset and this, I was like 18, so I, was, I probably wasn't really paying much attention. That's probably why I can't remember it. <laughs> but he said, like, if I said no, they would probably cause me even more trouble. Yeah, most likely. Because like so now you're oppressing them. He's like, they would probably cause me even more trouble. And it would be, even though it's just a small pocket of this small little town, mm. um, they would probably cause me so much more grief. And I thought about that, and I was like, hey, that's interesting. But I've never actually, th I've never actively thought that up until today, just now. Yeah, I never thought about it, but we have to be able to protest things that we don't like. Yeah, and I, I and just, they don't like multiculturalism. Of course, so they're that, able to protest. That's that. the thing. It's just like I never, like I said, I never thought about that story until just now. But yeah. it, it, there was, I wish I could remember more of it because it was such an interesting. You know, a black guy who first of all work, works in law enforcement is a sheriff. That's unusual. Yeah, uh, and he was telling stories about how he gets pulled over almost all the time he when does he, yeah when he's in other towns and he's like i'm the sheriff of wherever and they don't believe him <laughs> they're not you know he said one time he got pulled over he was driving his wife's car he got pulled over by a, his own police officer like someone in his own police department so he's looking suspicious and he sees who it is he's like oh uh the guy's just like yeah, yeah. i'm going home <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I mean, it's just like again it's just like so it's all it was all it was a weird day yeah it was a weird day hearing about it and i was like man that's pretty interesting stuff I don't know, to be honest, what I don't know what I do. Mm. Um, maybe resign. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, man. Do you have much experience with the police besides your woman when you were 19? Incident, like, I've, I've had a few, um, most of them have been like second hand. For instance, like I'm with someone and something happens to them. Yeah. So I guess it's not really directed at me. Like my older brother used to get pulled over all the time. Yeah. And I remember we were driving once, a cop pulls him over and he says, hey, um, 
license and registration. My brother's like, why don't you get pulled over? He's like, you're driving like shit. Right. And we were like, okay. But the fact is, like, it wasn't just one incident. Like, this happened to him, I think he told me, like, 20 something times in a year. And not once did he get a ticket. Yeah. Black guy, predominantly white town, driving a decent car, pulled over 21 times for, for, for minuscule things and not giving a single ticket. Like, if he was breaking the law, would he not have received a ticket? Yes. Like, wouldn't he? Like, if he was speeding, wouldn't he have been given a ticket for it? If your taillight was out, you would have been given a ticket. If you didn't indicate properly, like, surely you should have been some sort of punishment, maybe. But uh, I've had a few interactions with police. Like the raking one, um, and then, like, the second-hand ones as well. Um, you had much with police here? No, funny enough. I've never, I've, I've never once had an interaction here with the police, like first hand, like me involved. I've had a few in America, like just like just stupid things, really. Um, I've had a few with police here, police being rude to. So my housemates were all black; they were all dark skinned okay. when I was at uni. I was the only white one in the house, but they were my friends, so it was like whatever. And then we got like a noise complaint, and we had a house party, and then. After that, I, I think so. And then, like afterwards, we we'd had a house, we'd had a noise complaint because uh, it was in the morning. They were fine for us to have the party at night, but people leaving in the morning, some of them were pissing around in the streets. Mm-hmm. So there was a noise complaint. Police came, and I was sat on the stairs. So the stairs are away from the front door, but from the front door, from the doorstep, you can't see that I'm there, but I can see you. So I can sort of see yeah, the yeah, police yeah. officers in the front. I can hear them. I can see their feet. So I can hear them, and they were just rude to my two housemates. So they're just rude. And they were, like, super polite and nervous. I'd never seen them all, like, coy like that. And it's obviously because they've had interactions with the police. Mm-hmm. So they're being very careful and being very delicate. And they were just rude. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I took exception to that. And then I came storming, storming in and thrust myself in. And, and I was very rude to the police officers. And what happened? They changed the way they spoke to me. I was like, what? What's the problem? What do you want? Just fucking leave us alone. And I was swearing, and it was just like, like, what do you want? You're being rude. Just, if you, just what? What's the fucking problem? There's no one here. Party's over. It's done. There's no noise. There's not been any noise for hours. Stop being rude. What's the problem? And then they were like, oh, we're very sorry, sir. Very, very, very quickly. And you, very why noticeably why changed. You, why do you think that is? Exactly, but very noticeably changed the way they spoke to me. Yeah, and, so that's, and but that's why I got so mad yeah. because they were. I knew for a fact they were speaking this way because it was a house of I've, black lads. And that's the thing. Like I, um, it's funny. Like I've got a few things like that is a classic example of like using privilege for good. For instance, like there's a lot of people nowadays who, um, like one of my good friends on Twitter, he always encourages white drivers. Like if you see someone get pulled over and they are black, just stop. Like literally, just stop your car and watch. And like nine times out of ten, like he's posted instances of this, like he'll film them and you can see the change mm-hmm. because they see that someone else is watching. So for you to step up and be like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And noticeable difference between you and your housemate is your skin colour. Like it definitely plays a role. And I think about that. Like I have had a few instances with police in America, um, like the, the raking thing and a few of the stupid ones that 
just like like walking places, like what are you doing? You know, just like stop you and ask you questions. Yeah, I've or, had those from like, me or, though. Or like pull up and be like, where are you going? And like, but yeah. the thing is, like, even if you pull up and ask me where I'm going, I don't have to tell you. Like, no. you haven't witnessed me do a crime. Well, I was I told. I was told my my car was um, with suspicion that this vehicle has been used in a shooting, and I was like, fucking hasn't, mate. I've been in it. <laughs> I've been in it for the last two hours. I've just driven from. I probably. I was probably driving from London at the time. I've just driven. I've been driving in it for an hour, mate. It's not been used in a shooting. I will say that um, they just wanted. They just thought that I was a guy wearing like a puffer jacket. They yeah. thought they'd pull, pull yeah, him exactly. over. And I think again, like appearances as well, like definitely, like how you dress. But um, I'm less likely if I if we wore the same tracksuit. Oh, you less same like, puffer jacket. Less I might likely. still get pulled and talked to by the police here. And I'm, but I'm less likely to get pulled and talked to than you are. And in America, I probably won't get pulled over and talked to, no. and you will. And that's the thing. Like that's why, like, the, in certain states, like New York and places, they have like stop and frisk laws, where they literally like can stop, stop and search. They can stop and frisk you on the spot. And they did this, um, and it was like something overwhelmingly like 93% of the people stopped was black. Yeah, in this country, the stop and that's in Rennie's book. Yeah, exactly. Stop and yeah. search. Yeah, and it, it it produces nothing. Like literally, those if. There is no like correlation between between it, like the amount of weapons or drugs they found. No, it, it was just ridiculous. It's it didn't, it didn't work. It was completely racist. Yeah. But um, speaking about encounters with the police, I will have to go back to that. Uh, I haven't had as many as some of my black friends have, or like you see, like I've never been in a viral video ever. But I don't necessarily need it to happen to me to see it because I see people who look like me, and I know that on any given day yeah, yeah. that could happen to me. And that is one of my biggest fears. Is like. When the police drive by in America, to this day, I have a sinking feeling like, oh, like, oh no. like shit, what have I done? And I haven't done anything. I've never been arrested, never got any sort of ticket violation, yeah. never spent the night in jail, never. But I think like, oh man, like, what have I done? Because yeah. I know that if that cop stops me and he wanted or she wanted to do something, they could do it and statistically speaking, they would get away with it. They would get away with it. So they could do whatever they want. It's their word versus mine. In a court of law, who are people most likely going to believe? Mm. Unfortunately, it's not me. Even though I am an upstanding citizen and I haven't, my hands are clean. But if they wanted to, they could. Thank God that nothing has happened. But again, like interactions with police, a lot of I had a lot of them, which is weird actually. On um, like Facebook, like it's weird. Like right. Facebook and Twitter, a lot of former cops or like current cops. I've had this is back in the day when I used to reply to everything. Mm. Um, be some horrific people. I click on their account and it's like police officer with whatever police department, and I'm just like, yeah. So it like reinforces almost like like the whole um, yeah. No, I don't have a, a trust of the police officers. Um, but here, when I'm in England, right, I see the cops go by. Nothing. I don't feel like they're going to stop me. No. But I think the biggest thing is the fact that they do not have guns, like. It's less I, dangerous. Exactly. You're not going to die if the so, police exactly. stop you. Exactly. So I think like here, if the police do stop me, and based on my interactions with the police here, they are far less, I think, violent um, from the get-go. And it definitely helps that they don't But in some way, do you understand the nervousness that police officers have pulling cars uh, over? Because every day, a police officer gets blasted just on a routine traffic to, stop. To it, well, you know... Well, last I think it's last year. It was like the second. Safety. I mean, they get killed, the, and they're the, not the, trained very well. The, the second, 
the second safest year on record was, I think, 2016 for police officers in America, but it was the most deadly for civilians. That's, so, that's not the way you want that to go, is it? You don't want it to go like that. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like, so for me, like, do I understand that cops are fearful? Yes, most definitely. But like, on a, like, a stats basis, they, again, like you said, training is poor. Maybe we should increase the training. The officer from Baltimore training. that we were talking about earlier, because yeah. he's former military, Yeah. His suggestion was that police officers should be former military because they're far calmer. Yeah, well, that definitely helps. And I think like, a lot of it is... Like well, under pressure when the shit's happening, like, when the guy's freaking out, it's, it's, it's easier for him to just be like, hey, I think listen, training, it's okay, because he can handle himself. I think training definitely does play a part of it. Can I understand why they're peri- like, you know, scared or like they shoot instantly? No, because um, I can see that how white people are treated at the hands of the police versus black people. Like, obviously more white people in America get killed by the police because there's more of them. But the rate at which black people are killed is massively higher. Yes, it's disproportionate. Yes, disproportionate. Um, So, like, I can see how you treat white people and I can see how you treat black people, like the police in general. There is a general problem with the police as well, not just specifically with black people. It it ties into, like, the criminal justice system. Because there's the video of the armed police officer who's yelling at the guy to get on the ground and he's on the ground and he just blasts him he just shoots yeah you see it all the time but he's that's yelling the thing get on the fucking ground so he's on the ground and he's so and that's, he just a, shoots that's the thing I always think about it's like I can see how you can do it for other people just do it for us yeah. and I think that's why like a lot of people are so outraged is because they see the selective like it's like, not selective it's like just how they're treated essentially yeah. like, why not do that the same why not offer me the same choice you offer this guy Mm. And, uh, um, where I used to live in Salt Lake City I remember a guy um, got shot because he waved a broom handle at the police but like, I think it was a few weeks later a guy was waving uh, he got killed a guy with a broom, a broom handle um, a guy was he yielded a knife well the like, guy who shot at the cinema was apprehended without yeah, well, any shots incident, being fired yeah. um, and obviously there are instances where black people are not killed it's not like that every single person gets arrested but again, like we've mentioned, the disparity. But anyway, so a white guy pulled a knife out and he was, this happened a block from my house and he, he lived to tell the tale. Yeah, that's... It's like the same police department, that's a disparity. two blocks away. And it's just how we view, again, like black and how we view whiteness. Like, it's just, it's just how we view it in society. Like, you know, people, again, like community policing, that's a big one. Police officers should look like the community in which they serve. If you've got a, a, a young white police officer in a predominantly black neighbourhood and that's where he's every single day, he has no clue what he's doing. Well, it's worse than that. They're not there every single day. Exactly. Well, that's true. Yeah, if they were, day. it would be better. If, uh, that's actually, yeah, that's because they'd know all the kids. They're not, they're not there every day. You'd know, they're you, never there. you used the name Tyrone on the corner the other day, right? Yeah. Uh, earlier. Yeah. They, they would know Tyrone from when Tyrone was a little boy. Yeah. They, they, they know Tyrone. The thing is, and Tyrone knows Officer... Officer Davis Bill or, or Bill, whatever. <laughs> Bill, he knows Officer William Davis. He yeah. knows Officer Davis. Yeah. There's that. There's that famous cop who who brings candy and and soda to the kids in the hood. They know him. Uh, he plays basketball with them. I've seen videos. But like, there's of videos that. of that guy. And that's great. It's and community all, police then, officer. Then also you have to think about like some of these police departments are so awful. Like, and I see him on Twitter every now and then. Like big bad crap police departments. And they use those videos as like, look, we're good, we're cool with the black community. I'm like, but you're not because, you know, this year you've already shot 28 people and all yeah. of them have been justified. Uh, you know, and that's the thing, like, people always get this twisted. If you, in America, pull a gun out at a cop, right, you will probably get 
shot. Because mm-hmm. it's either you kill them or they kill you. However, when you're unarmed or running away... Yeah, you shouldn't get I shot. I shouldn't be getting popped in the back. No, you shouldn't get I shot. I shouldn't be getting shot in the back. You should get chased. Um, and that's the thing. It's just like, if I'm driving away, don't be shooting into the car. No. You see little kids get hit. Stray bullets. People yeah. get hit. And it's just like, you know, it, that shouldn't, shouldn't be the case. Um, but again, it's like, that is the way that policing works. That's the way that policing has worked. It doesn't work, but that's the way that it has been. Which is, again, why, like you said, um, you mentioned not using way. You mentioned where you spend your money. I always tell people, like, it's on local level and like state level, it's all about where you vote, who you vote for. And if there are no candidates, and I used to go back and forth this all the time, who represent your views, you should be that candidate. Mm. You should be that person. It's easier said than done for some people, but you need to find someone who mirrors it. And if not, push for it. Bring that to their attention. Bring this to their awareness. Say, you need to do this. You know, you, everyone has a voice, right? You can call your local state reps all the time, email them, bombard them until they listen to you. Because contrary to popular belief, they work for you. Yeah, they do. They're there to serve their constituents, which are you. They represent this district. They represent Wykin. They represent Binley. They represent these, this city. Like, they work for you. And if you as a people and a majority say, this is what we want, and if they don't do it, just get rid of them. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing is like, I always encourage people like vote, vote, vote. But I do understand again why people are like, why would I vote for? There's no one who represents these views. But often those people who say they don't represent my views, they haven't tried to make them see their views. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Like, I used to say that. Why would I vote for someone who doesn't represent me? And then one of my friends was like, well, have you tried to get them to listen to you? I'm like, no. That makes sense for local representatives. Local and state, like those are the those are the ones that would probably have the biggest, I think, impact on your life because they dictate a lot of things within your community, particularly um, in the states. And then, of course, like because local government has some power, right? Yeah, so you've got state rights and federal rights here, and like state laws and federal laws. There's and stuff not like that. there's not and so much local it, it, power here. That doesn't, yeah, but in in America, like definitely America works. Important. And like, yeah, voting for the president, obviously, as we can see. <laughs> Is important, yeah. but I would still say like local and state are the biggest influences on your life. What you need to do in the states is have the popular vote win. Oh not, my days, bro! Not the oh. electoral college. I've had this conversation so many times. I don't know. I mean, who are the electoral college and why? Uh, okay, I'm not well versed on yeah. the electoral college and how it started, but each state has um, a number of seats. So, like if for instance, it, it basically, it's to level out the power. So, like, certain states can't just have it. But it should just be way. popular view. But that's the thing, like, so, like, Donald Trump lost um, the popular, the popular vote. vote by, like, three and a half million votes. But in but, his defence... But still won. He said, that's not the race I was running. Well, no. He just wanted to be president. He didn't but care about that. if he wanted to win the popular vote, he could have won the popular vote. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, the, the one thing I will say from all that is, like... There but was, still, even though he would have won, that, that should have that been well, what happened. The one thing that I think about with that is like there is hope in the fact that more people the, the pe- more people despise him than like him. Yeah, he's kind. Of, he must be the most unpopular president. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I checked the other day. I think his approval rating is like thirty-nine percent. Like people approve. Is that the lowest ever? No, I don't think it's the lowest ever. He did have the lowest ever at one point uh, for like that point in time. The ice thing. I think, right? I think it was last. It was towards the end of last year. Like they came out and like for any president who's been president for X number of months, he's had the absolute lowest. 
Um, so because even Obama's was low at first, wasn't it? Yeah, and because uh, of the war. Yeah, and things but, Syria. And like we, you mentioned, that's funny you mentioned him because we mentioned that during the break. Like I don't consider him to be some sort of black savior for black people. No, like, he just is the but, first black. But he is the first black one. But if he was in a president of Zimbabwe, he'd be the first white one. Yeah, yeah. Because he's mixed, isn't he? There you go. Uh, but so like but for still me, for counts. Me, it counts. <laughs> counts. We'll it's a win. It. We'll claim it. Yep. Um, Check it off the list. So it's a win. First black president. Um, he did a fair amount of things. I think he could have done a lot more. Uh, he definitely grew a spine towards the end. But obviously, like you want to be elected twice. You know, want to serve both terms. So I can see why at the start he you know wanted to try and just be nice to everyone in that. But I think you should just go in there and take names. And get things done, really crack the whip. And I think also, to be fair to him, a lot of people had unrealistic expectations of what was going to happen. Because when he first came into the office, I was like 16. Didn't care about politics. Didn't care about it. Didn't see how it bothered my life. But he brought people in. But he brought people in. Yeah. And um, Corbyn's doing a similar thing here. Yeah. He's brought people and like, in. He brought it. people in. But even then, like 16, 17, I really didn't care about much over the basketball until I was like 18. Yeah. Uh, you know, just typical kid. But then I think about it and I was like, he did a fair amount. He, I think he could have done more, but people can always do more. But he did lay a solid foundation for what um, the first, I think he did a lot better than the first, anyone thought the first black president ever would do. And he laid a solid foundation for other... A lot of know, people other, thought other the first black president would be murdered. Other, that is very true. I think he laid a good foundation for other minority people. And he really did... Uh, show a whole generation of people of colour and black and brown bodies that hey, one day I too can be a president, or I can I can do this. And, yeah. You know, and so it is. It's not like unrealistic at all. And we're seeing a lot more, um, you know, black people run at state and local levels and for uh, you know, congressional districts and stuff. And I think it's amazing. Like it needs to be because America is not 100% white. It's not 100% no. brown. It's not 100% black. No. It needs to be reflective of um you know society which is funny because i i think about like the uh, congressmen and women now who are some of them 70s some of them close to 80s i'm like in the real world when you turn to 70 are you working like you are considered like for instance like if you're 70 years old you're considered too old for most jobs why is that not the same for congress people (laughs) like do they not slow down that's what i was thinking they must do but you're not slow down you're not like how many eight-year-old accountants do you know? Yeah, they, I mean, they're definitely slowed down. Like you've, you've slowed down. It's just like, why... And that's the thing, like, a lot of these people have had their jobs for a long, long But they time. were old before the internet came. They were already old. A lot of these people, <laughs> lot of these people are old. Uh, I mean, uh, John Lewis, he walked with Martin Luther King. Like, Yeah, he's it, might, he might be too old he, it, to be in like, charge. I'm just saying, like, I used him as an example. Like, he's pretty old, but at the same time, like, that wasn't all that long ago. We no, about as well. like, but but it is but for one thing, person's the, life. But, but in terms of the thing is, human history, it's yeah, not very long but ago. Exactly, and the thing is, I always think about like we need younger, more um, open-minded, I guess, people because a lot of these old heads, man, they are unfortunately just they're not with it, and we're seeing it now, especially mm. in America, and that's it. I mean, a lot of I mean, who am I going to look up to? I want someone who looks like me. I want someone who, who runs in office like me. I want someone who... And people want that. They want it in their superheroes. They want it in their movies. They want it in their political offices. They want it in education. 
Yeah. They want teachers who look like them. They want people who look like them. So I think it's great, man. It's quality. Like I encourage people to do it all the time. It's like you you have to see someone do it before you do it. Like exactly. in uh, in like um. Let's just take like extreme sports, for example, like skateboarding or something. Yeah. When Tony Hawk does the nine hundred, now loads of guys can do the nine hundred, but no one had done it for a very long time. BMX in it was. You know, the first double backflip was a crazy thing. And or now like, you got guys doing um, triple... Jumping from the free throw line in basketball. Yeah, like someone has to be the first to do that. Correct. Unfortunately, that's a LeVar Ball quote. Oh, But someone, <laughs> someone has to be first. Yeah. Considering you're a basketball yeah. family, a member of a basketball family, I don't want to bring up LeVar Ball too Please often. Because otherwise this, this podcast will <laughs> take a turn. But, you know, someone has to be the first. And when someone's the first to do something, then other people realize they can do that. And that is the power Obama would have had for, exactly. for black children yeah. in America. Like, it's possible for you to be president. Now, you might be the kid that we were talking about before. You might be Tyrone standing on the corner. Obama wasn't that. Obama went to Harvard. Exactly. But you might look like him. It's, it's oh, possible. And, and like, that's the you thing. Know? Like, you may not... Okay, let's think. Everyone is not built to be a president. Just no, like everyone no, is not no built way. to go to university. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, I think he definitely did, in the conversations I have on a daily basis, he definitely inspired a lot of teenage kids to be more than what they were. Same thing that we mentioned about. And not James. even just black kids. He, no. he was a president that yeah. was presidential. Yeah. He's inspiring guys. Classy guy. guy. I wish I could talk as smooth as he is. Sc- scandal free. He's smooth. Scandal free. Yeah. Compared to this guy paying off prostitutes and... But this guy, this guy's not a politician. This guy's just a guy. Yeah, which is why a lot of people voted for him and now that backfired, didn't it? Yeah. Well, what can't happen is The Rock and Oprah. No, bro, and that's just the thing. Like, that's a, people are like, well, what about Oprah? What about... Well, Tom even Hanks, even so. LeBron James, right? LeBron I don't, James I don't want right. to see them do it. I do not need another billionaire in office who is so out of touch with reality. Because even Oprah, right? She might have a TV show. She's incredibly famous within the black community. She does so much good for us. And so much good for just anyone in the world. Like she's a positive influence for women, yeah, for, for women, um, just for people in general. Authors, anyone that anyone that writes books. People, people, she's people in general. Yeah. What does she know about politics? What does she know? What does she know? What does she know about me or you? She's not and a politician. It's you. just like, for instance, like people say, well, we don't need a politician. Okay, I do. You've got cancer in your neck, right? Are you going to go to the firehouse and go to the fire department to get it removed? Well, we don't need a doctor. We'll go find a fireman to do it. You wouldn't do it. You do you kind of need you, a politician. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. It's okay it, to be something else and then do your time yeah, in but Congress. But you need, you, you need, and this is proven from this president, you need to have a track record of being involved in politics. It's just simple. Like, like I said, I wouldn't go to a fireman or I wouldn't go to a guy who works in a fish shop to take a tumour out of my neck. I'd go mm. to a doctor. In the same way that if I have a problem in society and I want my voice to be heard, I'm probably not going to go to the little traffic warden. I'm yeah. probably going to write to my representative or call them or text them. Or even now, like, tweet them. Like, you can tweet them. Um, yeah, that's Everything, thing. like, you, you could do is, is, that's what I would do. So, yeah, don't need Oprah. Don't need any of those big, famous not even famous, just like super rich people like that. Then they're out, they're about as out of touch as reality as this current president, yeah. because their world is not the world that you and I and the average citizen has. Like, I don't have fancy house. I don't have forty cars. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to take time off and go do whatever I want whenever I want and still make money when I'm gone. Yeah, that'd be sick. 
but, <laughs> but, but yeah. it's just not real. But yeah, that's why do you say that we don't need uh, like another like uh, a billionaire? Because everyone? you need politicians. You need someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, simple. They're not someone who's S- simply put. presidential. We don't like, we don't need Trump. No, but he spoke to a lot of people. One thing it did, another thing it revealed, the Trump administration is going to do good by accident. And what I mean by that is, first thing is, is it reveals the racists. Definitely. You, you, Seth, second what, thing what did you say earlier about the... The hoods, yeah. it takes the hoods off. Yeah. Second thing it does is it reveals the need for actual politicians yeah. and people who can be presidential. Uh, it reveals the fact that the Obama scandal when he wore a tan suit instead of a blue <laughs> instead of a blue suit or when his or when his wife wore a, a sleeveless dress or right whatever. so when the current first lady has nude photos of herself because she was a model and when Donald Trump pays off porn stars yeah so it reveals the need for being presidential and why that's important because when the world is when 9/11 happened Bush was president mm mm-hmm. He held himself in a presidential way, and his approval ratings went up like crazy, because he spoke in a way that the country needed to hear. Everyone was scared shitless when 9/11 happened. The whole world was, but for Americans, obviously, it was incredibly scary. It was a, a very trying time in in the country's history, mm-hmm. and he was presidential in the way he handled it. Trump's not handled anything close to what 9/11 was. Hopefully nothing ever like that ever happens ever again. Ever again. But he can't even hold himself. He, he can't be presidential even about the size of his hands. inauguration or his hands. <laughs> <laughs> the size of his inauguration. No, see, but that's the thing as well. Like, I, um, I do think that. So, like, by what you're saying, I'm, I, I do agree. But and like when I say things like that, people are like, well, and like I'm not downplaying what he's doing. I'm not downplaying that he's a great threat to American democracy. I'm not downplaying that he's got one of the shadiest uh, administrations that we've you know, ever seen. But also, if we just take a step back, like Donald Trump has been like this forever. Oh, he's, yeah, he's the same guy. Like, he's always been this way. People are amazed, like, and like we mentioned during the break, like, people are amazed that, oh, well, you know, racism's back. And yeah, hate, 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 um, like, hate attacks and hate speech and... Uh, those things have, have got hate crime, sorry, have gone up. Um, but these things always existed. Like racism always existed, white supremacy always existed, xenophobia, Islamophobia, um, misogynistic yeah. comments, sexism, uh, sexual harassment. I mean, he bragged openly about grabbing women uh, yeah, he by said their they, pussies. He said they just let you. And they, when you're famous, they just let you do anything. You grab them by the pussy. He was um, trying to be funny, but trying to be funny, but again, not. at the same time, when you've got it's not funny. 17, 18, whatever it is now, women who accuse him of sexual assault, yeah. like you've never seen anything like this in America. But also, it it serves people right because you voted for him. This is this is the. But that's the problem. This, you, is, this is what you've you have you've got. We mentioned like we mentioned your president is like a king or queen. Yeah, it's the head of state. He's and powerful. It's, it's your president is a, is like a god. Yeah. And the problem there is that it makes your elections and your campaigns a popularity contest. And in, the, in, in this one, you had a popularity contest with a politician versus someone who's actually popular. 
Yeah. Someone who was famous before. Of course, the popular person won. Yeah. Because they're better at being popular than you. They're popular for not be- your own. Hillary Clinton is only known That's as a politician. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Donald Trump is in Home Alone. He's got Donald Trump is a famous crazy billionaire type with weird hair. The Apprentice. He's in TV you know, shows, in The Simpsons. He's in, yeah, he's, I think he's even in Family Guy, I swear. He's like. a famous person for a reason. Yeah. You can't have a popularity contest anymore. And I think that's the third thing that is the benefit of the Trump presidency. That it may start to, to reveal some kind of understanding of what a president is. I don't think it will, but it should. Maybe. I don't know. Sort of let us know perhaps not to hold the president in such high regard like that. It's not a king. You know, we don't hold our prime minister like that. Our prime minister has question time. Every single week, our prime minister has to answer to the opposition. And that's the thing. Like, if we had Every that week. in place uh, in America... The president's banning journalists. Yeah, I was He doesn't say, even like, have to answer to journalists. Answer, he just walks away from the microphone. Yeah. Um, but it's just like... It's it's kind of hard as someone who obviously grew up here and then went to America. It's kind of hard for me to understand a lot of things there because I'm just like, this makes no sense. Yeah. It, it's so over my head. And probably it, vice versa too. If you grew up there and came yeah, here, you'd be it, like... It makes no sense. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. But then I think about it. Like we drive like, on the wrong side of the road, all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and how they used to have supersized sizes in America. Yeah. Uh, but I think about just a few things that go on and I'm just like, this makes no sense. And like, I can't wrap my head around it, but that's how America works. That's how it operates. And I just yeah. feel like as an outsider, um, I was thinking like, okay, like how I see the world and how I see America in particular is very different than someone who grew up there, which to me, I think is great because I don't have this American mindset. I don't think like an American person. I just happen to live there. Um, so like for Donald Trump, like people always want to talk about like, how much damage he's doing and what is the plus side of it. And I just think, like, maybe this is even an outsider perspective. Maybe this is just a shared one. We'll find out. Yeah. Like, when we vote him out, because yeah. he has to be voted out, yeah. we will find out exactly how much damage is done. Um, and there's no way, so it's just kind of, kind of like pointless almost to, like, debate it and uh, come on my panel and discuss this because, like, you're not going to know. It might reveal that the president actually doesn't have the power to do much damage. And that's another thing as well. That's why, that's why we say vote locally and on a yeah. state level. Because yeah. who is president does not, in my opinion, have that massive input directly on my life. Like, I haven't felt any sort of hindrance almost under Donald Trump. And that's not to dismiss, like, to dismiss the people who have. Like, he's breaking up families, he's deporting people. You know, he's always on Twitter attacking people and those people, obviously, like, the pain they feel is very real. I don't know how he has time because I'm busy and I can never use my Twitter. He wakes up right before, uh, like, he he lays in bed and treats in the morning, apparently. Um, I'm super busy. Which is a disgusting thought to think about. I'm super busy, but there's no way I'm busy as a president would be. And I don't know how he has time for Twitter. I don't have time. I'm sure he clears his schedule. For Twitter, Diet Coke and (laughs) Fox (laughs) News. But, but you, it's, thing, it's, it's an embarrassment. It like is. You can see because you're, you're from here, exactly. but you can see that it's an Im- the rest of the world, Europe thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, the, man, the, the whole world, the world it's because it's the greatest country in the world, so, biggest... So they say. So, well, yeah, so, so they say. But I mean, every, it's the biggest social experiment. It's, yeah. 
but like, it's like, where like, the American dream is supposed to be like, this thing. Like said, and I, it's got the, a clown in the White House. That's very kindly put. Like, he's a clown. But that's what I think is just like... Again, I hope he does good, like, though. Oh, it's a little too late for that. We don't want him to fail. You hope he does a good job. You'd hope so. Yeah. But based on the campaign he ran, I knew it wasn't going to be a good job. Mm. Like, I knew it wasn't. But anyway, like I said earlier, like, about how... Um, Except with I, North I, Korea. I don't... I don't yeah. That seems I, to have I, been a good job. I don't, I don't wipe... <laughs> he scared the shit out of Kim. That's true. <laughs> I don't wipe away, like, people's, like, own things. Like, for instance, like, the people who, who probably do feel, like, threatened by... Donald Trump, but me personally, like, I haven't that I can think of right now sitting here. Like his influence in my life is not, you know, not really directly impacted me. Like it's made me smarter, more aware, more compassionate for the people who have been targeted by him. Yeah, um, made me. There's new things that I've learned. For instance, I didn't know that they were separating people at the border, and I didn't know it started with the Obama administration, mm. um, and that we've been doing that. I knew that we had these FEMA camps where we had we'd send immigrants but I didn't know we were separating children and men and like that may be ignorant of me and it, it, it was ignorant because ig- 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 ignorance is just being uninformed and not informed of earlier you mentioned um, dehumanising yeah dehumanising people and yeah so like if the, the FEMA camp started in the Obama administration but it, it's the Trump administration that is has described uh, immigrants as animals yeah and it's, that's begun that yeah, dehumanisation yeah, and they're exactly. kind of in concentration camps it's not kind of they are uh, you're in a cage yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like there's a good documentary that talks about the immigration um, and how like, the, the deporting of uh, Mexican immigrants happened under a rum it's called The Beast and um, you know I watched that when I was I think it was like 18, 19 and it was crazy because I, I never didn't know about it mm. didn't know about it before but now again like you said like Donald Trump has highlighted a lot of problems in society, done a lot of things that have made me be like, okay, I can get better with this, or I can change this, or this is a new perspective I have, or this is how I can help better. And I think also it's made like people be almost within reason, like more of like a community, like if that makes sense, like we have a common problem. Yeah, like united like, against. Yeah, like we have a common yeah. problem. It's rallied a lot of people together because again. I have to repeat this. He is not, you know, like the most people in America do not like him. I think it's like he's got like fifty nine percent of Americans hate him, mm. or I shouldn't say hate, but they don't approve. Dislike him. him, yeah. You got thirty six or whatever percent that do. So it's just like okay, um, there's still a majority of people who don't like him, but it, it's just made that majority of people you know, even stronger in a sense. Like I've had conversations with people that I never would have had before. Family members, uh, a lot of family members, who I never, I never would have had to write some of these articles like about Donald Trump had he not have done it. But then I also wouldn't have been able to change people's minds about things had he not done it. So it's like you can always use like a negative for positive. I always feel like there's bad yeah. situations, but you can find the positives in it. Uh, but it's just hard though because like America is like a super depressing place. I feel mm. like sometimes I have to just just disconnect and go somewhere leave the state or leave the country because it gets so overwhelming at times that it's just like man like is anything ever going to change and that, that's like a pretty deep <laughs> mm. stuff but it's true like I always think about that I'm like how can I help how can I change how can I impact people's lives positively and so we can just make it better for everyone because if I'm not being directly impacted by Donald Trump and my family's not being torn apart 
someone down the street is yeah. and just because it's not happening to me doesn't mean I get to sit back and be like well well then so for them like, that's not very compassionate and I think just on like, a basic sense of like humanity like that shouldn't be the case like because eventually you know if I don't stand up for those people it would happen to me yeah you know and I who's going to speak like the classic poem like they came for the bakers and then they came you know it goes all the way to the end it's like they came for me and no one spoke up for me yeah. and I think about that all the time I'm just like if I don't speak up for the people who are silently being who are purposely being silenced because there's no such thing as the voiceless it's just those who are purposely being silenced and those who are not being heard um then if it ever comes down to me, I would want someone to speak up for me. And if no one did, then what? Then what? Yeah. The, the, the worrying thing with the whole ICE thing and separating people at the border is you talk to one developmental psychologist for 30 seconds and they can make it very, very clear the damage that that does yeah, to, to the child. And then all you'd need to do is talk to a sociologist and they can explain what the damage that that... that the damage done psychologically that what that does for generation after generation after generation after generation of Mexican immigrants stuck in poverty and this cycle of criminality well, it's, it's, and recidivism it, and all of that. It's like we mentioned. Because of the trauma of taking them exactly, away from the Exactly, it's parents. kind of like uh, with war, right? Um, go bomb the Middle East, bomb democracy into them. The Britain and USA are the key components in doing that. Bomb the crap out of them. And then we are surprised when people become radicalised or they become extremists. And it's just, for me, it's always crazy when I think about that. I'm like, if someone was bombing the heck out of my country and my family, I'm not going to probably just sit there. But mm. by definition, I would be a terrorist or I would be an extremist. So it's just like I look at this, like these people who are separated at the border, like we are causing more harm than good by doing that, but we're doing it anyway. And then these kids, when they grow up, they harbour these feelings towards America um, because of what they did to their family. And can you blame them? Mm. That's thing, like, I'm not saying I condone going out there and blowing yourself up or going out there and shooting people, not at all. But at the same time, it's easy to say, don't do that. But it's harder to look at it and say, why are you doing it? And I'm not a sociologist, I'm not a psychologist. But I just think about those questions. And I just was like, why are they doing it? Like... You know, why are people trying to come into America? Because their homeland sucks. Why does their homeland suck? The crazy thing with the Juarez and the, the, the Me Mexico and the States is you can see Juarez from the States. Like, you can see right there. You can hear the gunshots. Like, you can see right there. It's a little bit cleaner now, Juarez, but not that, only months ago you could hear the gunshots. Like, just look over there. That's like but again, freedom. It, that's, it, that's where I can exactly. be safe and make money. You, you, exactly. I'd probably leg it as well. I'd get over the border. I've, I've met and had discussions with and had dinner with people who came into the country illegally. Uh, when I was at university, a few of them came to speak in my class and afterwards, since I was one of the TAs, we went out. Right? He told me, I asked him, I was like, why did you come here? Because like, even if I get paid $5 an hour here, it's 10 times as much as I'll make back home. Yeah. The opportunity is here, even with all the all the barriers in the way, all the racism, all, yeah. the, all the crap that they go through, it's still better. And it, uh, it, yeah. it blew my mind. I'd I'm be like, the same way. I would that, take that's, that's, that's human nature, though, isn't it? To do anything to survive. I would take getting called a limey if it meant I was escaping a place that was... And we, we, in like modern Western worlds, cannot 
really fathom. Even if you lived in, uh, you know, in some, some awful city where there's a lot of violence and stuff like we probably still can't even fathom what those people no. go through um, at all. And it's just like, but I, I, it changed my life, like just speaking to that guy for an hour or two, just hearing his story and just listening and asking uh, why, why is it, is it worth the risk? Is it really worth it? And he told me flat out, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it a hundred times. And people are like, that's illegal, you're breaking the law. But legality doesn't always mean that something's right. Oh, no. It used to be legal to own slaves. Yeah, legal doesn't mean ethical. It used to be legal to lynch people in the streets. Does that mean it's right? No. No. It's legal, within reason, to drink a few beers and drive. Well, it works the other way around as well. Does that that mean it's right, though? It's illegal to talk about or to film factory farming. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's wrong to say factory farming is wrong. Correct. So legality doesn't doesn't no, equate that's the thing, that's a good know, talking point people, morality people love to, exactly people love to bring that up well it's illegal they shouldn't do it it's illegal for you to you know cross the cross the road in America if you're yeah, walking jaywalking jaywalking yeah. in some cities you can get a ticket for that um, which is funny you, do, <laughs> it's do, so do, hilarious do, do you do it yeah it's illegal to speed do you do it yeah yeah okay now imagine your home's like a mud hut and you've been bombed into oblivion or there's massive gang warfare that controls your city and town um, and does whatever they want and you live under threat of death every single day and you cross the border you would do the same thing there are places within the states though it's, it's kind of a shocking stat that the um, the murder rate in Chicago currently is higher than that of war in Afghanistan and Iraq yeah more dead every year and these people are soldiers at war and people are getting killed in Chicago far quicker, the far thing, more. The thing with Chicago is people love, that's a great talking point about, Chicago has strict gun laws, right? Um, and people use that as an example of, you know, gun laws or tighter gun regulation doesn't work. Oh, like the NRA would say. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of uh, pro 2A people use that as a talking point. And it, it's, it's, it's pretty silly because if you look at Chicago and you look at the cities and states surrounding it, the gun laws are so lax that I can go... It'd be like, for instance, Coventry has super strict gun laws, right? Birmingham doesn't, London doesn't, Nuneaton doesn't. Mm. Um, all the neighbouring places do not... Like They are so lax. I can go over there, buy a gun in cash. 20 um, miles, it's not even... 20 miles, come back with an assault rifle and shit ton of ammunition in my car. Yeah. And then you... The Chicago gun laws don't That's matter. That's the problem. You can go the, to gun the, shows the, and the, just the, buy guns. The Chicago gun laws doesn't matter because I'm going to do that. So then again, like you said, like people would be like, well, if people aren't listening to the law, let's just get rid of them. But like, no. Like, yeah, that, no. No, that does not work either. But the thing is with the whole Chicago thing is there are a lot of community organisations. There's a lot of, not Chance the Rapper, there's a lot of people who are trying to help better off the city. But when neighbouring cities and... and States it's so lax, it's so easy. And for the longest time, Chicago was neglected. Yeah. No one cared. They just used it as a talking point. And a lot of these people who say, what about Chicago? They're not doing anything to help it. No. Why didn't you go help it then? Or why didn't you go do something instead of just using it as a talking point? Why doesn't like, Michael Jordan gun, do gun, something? Guns, no. Michael Jordan was never political. No, he never has been. He owns he, prisons he, and... Chris Hodges is... One no, of his, I mean, invests in prisons. Chris Hodges, one of his teammates, um, there's a good, he talks about this. 
he's a very political guy and um, essentially was blackboard from the NBA, you could say. As activists, um, he gave a letter to the, I forgot who the current president was at the time, speaking about, you need to do something in this city. And he asked Michael Jordan, will you sign this letter with me? Will you help me with this? Like, your name carries a lot of weight. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah, he's, to do he's, that. He's he, never he's done not, that, has he? He doesn't, you know, like, for instance, I remember, this sums it up perfectly, like someone said, if Michael Jordan really cared about black lives, he'd stop making his shoes a commodity. Yeah, people have been killed for them. People get killed every year for Jordans. If you really cared about black lives, why well, would he, he's an investor in prisons. Yeah. I mean, it, you can be a black is man it, that invests in prisons is it, a bit weird. It's a me. sad day when in America, in America, really. when you can invest your money on the stock market for prisons. That's because very then sad. It, gives, it gives the incentive. It's human cattle. It gives me. It gives the incentive of I can make money off locking up someone. Else. And it's no different, like we mentioned earlier, slave labor, no different than slavery. The prison cells, the new plantation. Mm-hmm. Um, a great book that talks about this is Michelle Alexander's uh, A New Jim Crow. And um, it talks about this, it talks about the history of slavery and how um, the 13th Amendment plays into it. And 13th, the documentary on Netflix. Yeah, that's great, that is. That's a good um, one. And it talks about that. It talks about how a racial caste system has always been in place in America. At first, it was plantational slavery, and then it moved to okay, slaves are free, but we still need to make money somehow. Let's create some laws where we can keep these people imprisoned, and we see it to this day. Yeah, America has four um, percent of the world's population, but twenty-five percent of the world's prison population. It's A quarter insane. of the world's criminals are in America. Because it pays to keep certain it things illegal. Pays to keep certain exactly. So, like you said before, cannabis, uh, there's no reason why it needs to be Schedule 1. No, no reason whatsoever. And I don't, I'm not, I don't smoke. I don't, yeah. couldn't care less if you smoke. But it's just, it's just, it's it just, it's just not the same. And that's the thing as well. Like, there's a growing debate, obviously now, with a few states have it recreationally, where you can smoke it. Yeah. And, you know, people on that issue use, like, Portugal and other places, like, they legalised all drugs and watch their crime rate go down. Well, they decriminalised Decriminalised it. Yeah. And that's great. Like, that is perfect. However, on the flip side of that, they also have the, the health services in place to help these people. They do. Because yeah. if you decriminalised every drug in America, people are still going to OD, people are still going to be sick. But maybe you but don't have to decriminalise all drugs. No, but not all. There's but the like, silly ones. I mean, why is cannabis Schedule 1? <laughs> Because it's easy to lock people up for it. Because you can lock it. people up, yeah. That's it. That's the only reason. You know people are going to smoke cannabis. Well, we, of yeah. course they are. They have, for human history, have smoked cannabis. Like, all, like, uh, tribal religions, everything has some sort of connection with that plant. We're very much connected to that plant. Clothes were made from it. Ropes made from it. Papers made from it. And it's, it, yeah, marijuana has a cannabis. Even the term marijuana is that it's a, a smear campaign to keep cannabis illegal. I never knew that. So the term mar- marijuana is actually a, a wild tobacco that Mexicans used to smoke. And William Randolph Hearst owned uh, timber mills. And someone invented the decordicator, which meant you could process hemp easily. And means you didn't need slave labor to process hemp. So now, because hemp is a notoriously difficult plant to process. Yeah. So now that with the decorticator, you didn't need slave labor, you can process the plant and you can make paper from the plant far easier. 
and more cost efficient. Well, the problem is then it affects William Randolph Hearst, who owns all these newspapers, and timber mills. So he runs a smear campaign in his newspapers saying that marijuana is making black men and Mexican men rape white women. And they called it marijuana because it sounds Mexican. And uh, that's what happened. And the, then it was kept as so it that, is. That makes a smear you, campaign. That, yeah, I, never, I never knew that, actually. But that makes you think so about... So he used racism to protect his own pockets. Yeah. It makes me yeah. think about how... Um, it was is like the war on drugs for instance yeah. war on drugs is a war on black and brown people and white people it's a war on class it's a war it's, on, a, it's, class war, war, it's, yeah. a, it's a war on rich on, on poor poor people yeah. in America it reminds me of like the fact that um, Richard Nixon's former domestic policy advisor his name is John Ehrlichman he had a quote on tape and this like, you can you can google it if you want to mm. he talks about and the quote says you know what this is all it really about and he says, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with LSD marijuana and, marijuana, and yeah. blacks with heroin, then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt both those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings and vilify them night after night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. And that is straight from the mouth of someone who worked for Richard Nixon. That's and people will still, yeah. still say, it's a myth. Hmm. We've spent um, 40 years in America doing the war on drugs and it hasn't done a damn thing but put people in prison and the problems still persist. So if that was the case and if, if locking people up solved problems, why do we see these problems in society still? Mm -hmm. Because they haven't haven't solved out the root issue and I think about that quote all the time I'm like this came straight from the horse's mouth like, did we know we were lying about the war on drugs of course we did but they, got, they probably didn't know it the news eats it up people eat up hippies hippies weed black heroin crack get them out get them out get them out and it's just like but yeah. to disrupt communities leave them leadless and without a leader I think about that and you think about like 60s 70s 80s only black civil rights um, activists were murdered we could go through a list. Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows about uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. People don't talk about Fred Hampton. He got murdered in his house. Um, there's, there's so many people. Um, yeah. You know, who, if you can take away the leader, you feel like you've got the people um, lost almost which is a great thing about today like there's I read a good article online it was talking about like who is the leader of the new like civil rights and it came to the conclusion that we are like there is no Just single everybody. one head from it there might be a few key people you know like well, we have the, the internet the, now don't we exactly we don't need, like, we don't the, need like the women head. who created Black Lives Matter or like activists like Sean King like people like to attribute these guys with being like the forefront and to, to a degree they, they might they might be, but they're just the most well known. Yeah. But it, I think it's not like it was back in the day. We have a tool they didn't have. We have the internet. We have the internet, and you can learn everything. Yeah. On there. And you can talk to everybody. And you—that's the thing as well. Like I think about that. Um, like just like the power of Twitter. Like. Yeah. Some people that I've met online haven't met me in real life, right? But the connection we have mm -hmm. is just as real as the people I know in real life. Yeah. And people say that's weird. Like that's so weird. Like. 
older people that's so crazy it might be quiet um it's not that weird because we identify um and believe in similar things or we have similar issues or we we maybe even just share the similar humor or whatever it is but the internet is so powerful like it's so powerful and i just think it well it's also dangerous as well because as denzel washington said what is the long-term effects of too much information I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we, but, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, like we want everything now, quick, 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 quick. But like the power of Twitter, for instance, I get all my news from Twitter because I can follow the New York Times, I can follow the BBC, I can follow different activists and people who, who write for different articles, I can follow different journalists. Yeah. And by the time you put it in the news in the evening or the paper tomorrow, I've already, already known. It's so old. Yeah, you get your news from Twitter way quicker. It's old, it's old news. I, I don't need it. And that's so what, I get news that's a famous person's died from Instagram before it's ever exactly, and that's that's just that's a crazy thing. But however, especially with the whole fake news thing and the whole Facebook issue and like uh, yeah. using bots and stuff, that's the that's the, the downside of it is that misinformation can be spread just as easily as yeah. accurate information, and it, you know it comes down to I guess like the person almost of. You have to be careful. And I had this conversation the other day with one of my friends, just talking about like, if I read one thing, and you is, is, a, is a PhD candidate, you don't just read one article. You don't read just one peer review. No, it can't be based like, on one. You can't, you can't, no. you can't do it. You have to look at all the evidence that is available. Uh, you can't rely on one source. You can't. In any good article, any good paper or dissertation, yeah. you have to have primary sources, you have secondary sources, um, you have to acknowledge your biases. Yeah. But again, like that's the thing. There's a great thing I think about like the internet and social media is you can do that, and it's quicker now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, within three hours. No way. Mm-hmm. Crikey. Two sets of an hour and a half. You might be the longest one, or we've had some that get close to three hours before. Three hours. But I honestly think we could talk all day. Mate, there's just so much to speak about. I got practice later, so we're gonna have to arrange uh, another time. I have to go meet a friend for a drink. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming, man. This was we're definitely going to do it again. Yeah, man. I'm I'm generally against doing uh, podcasts over um, like Skype mm. and stuff because it's much better to be in person, definitely. be in person, and actually understand what you're saying and context and, and feel a conversation and what you mean. But um, shit, that just means I might have to fly out. So we're definitely going to do it again, and uh, if I do fly out. We'll do a whole bunch of stuff. Bro, we'll uh, do a whole load of them. My house is your house, man. The golden, the golden state would welcome you. With open Amazing. Arms. But yeah, definitely, I want to thank you as well for letting me come on. I know we tried to do it last year. Didn't we did, out. yeah, so yeah. I guess we, the three hours we made up for this year and last. Yeah, there we go. But um, yeah, definitely a privilege, man. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It was wicked. No Cheers. Thank you.